0: This is The Sports Tank with Jeremy Green. You look at my numbers, I'm I'm balling. Beer City's best sports talk is on the air. Get involved. Call 252-4348. Tweet the show at Sports Tank ESPN. The Sports Tank. Come get you some of this. Can't wait. Oh my goodness, it is Beer City's best sports talk.
1: Right here on ESPN 92.9 FM, ESPN Asheville, we are live, right here from Beer City, God, my goodness, it is Beer City's best sports talk, I'm so glad you're with me today. I'm Caleb Peak in the driver's seat today, joined by Brian Haynes and the one and only Tank Spencer Tank. Glad to have you here. It's a little bit of a different view, but, uh, you know, I, I'm not used to looking at you from this perspective, but you look pretty good. Out, yeah, so. well, you,
0: you you know how it goes. Yeah. Now, today's my day off, and so I just decided to come in, try to, you know, make sure things get going a little, a little smoothly. Hey. And hey. Uh, you know what? It's Friday, though. Mm-hmm. And I'm 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 super happy to be here with you guys, and I uh, can't wait to see what you got cooked up for us today.
1: Well, without you being here, we definitely would have played a uh, we would have played a lot of commercial spots. <laughs> so, <laughs> I'm glad you were here to get that That's squared true. away, so we can actually talk some sports. Bri- uh, Brian, yeah, Brian Haynes works with us over on the Sportsocracy on the YouTube side of things. First time on the radio today, my friend, and 100. Uh, what what do you think? To... What do you think? Is it everything you dreamed it would be?
2: I can't wait. This sounds like a lot of fun. I'm ready to give some input on there, and you know. Try to be nice and neat and cleaned up a little bit. You know, what Brian,
0: Brian, did you finish your NDCC training that I had to put you through? Yes,
2: I understand. Okay. Um, right. If you have seen the sportsocracy, you will know that I have a tendency to lose my head at times. I'm going to be very nice
0: here. I will keep it clean. Clean version. <laughs> I like that you're turning on your
1: public radio voice. Yes, to here we are. <laughs> Let's get some get underwriting on this. Is Brian Haynes, and I am here for radio. <laughs> yeah, just like Jeremy says, this man is a fanatic of the New York Giants. Yes, so, I am. Yeah, maybe we'll talk about that a little bit later on. But we've got a lot to get to. I mean, it is a busy Friday afternoon here on the Sports Tank. Aaron Rodgers news. Uh, yep. It's not technically news. It's news to us. Aaron Rodgers knew more about this. But we're just finding out about the money that he was offered by the Green Bay organization. Organization to become what would be the NFL's highest paid quarterback. We'll, we'll hash that out in just a couple of minutes. The Forbes 2021 list of most valuable sports teams has dropped as well. Some names you'll, you'll recognize, others maybe not so much. We've got a, got a little bit of a changing of the guard going on as far as the most valuable sports teams in the world. Georgia the state of Georgia and the na- the name image and likeness law it's not a bill anymore it's now a law signed by governor uh, governor Brian Kemp and Georgia is about to shake up the national landscape as far as the NCAA is concerned that's coming up over the course of the next 2 hours speaking of the NCAA basketball and the in the National Collegiate Athletic Association considering turning all flops into technicals and that'll be <laughs> that's definitely something time. definitely something that's right. going to be worth keeping an eye on yeah. there To to kick things off, though, let's get this out of the way. One of the greatest to ever do it has been uh, has been removed from his role in the Los Angeles Angels. Albert Pujols, after 21 years in the league, it's tough to see that he ends up anywhere else after this. He spent 10 years with the St. Louis, or excuse me, 11 years with the Cardinals, 10 years with the Angels. It hasn't been a great few years for him, guys, and it looks like uh, the LA Angels have finally pulled the plug on Albert Pujols. So.
2: Yeah, I mean, I think Ken Rosenthal like pretty much said it him perfectly today in a tweet where he said, it's awkward, it's uncomfortable, but it was necessary. Here's the thing that with Albert Pujols' days in Angels uniform have been numbered. It's sad to see it go because let's be honest here, this this guy is one of the greatest that we've ever seen. His first 10 years. In Major League Baseball was probably the greatest ten-year run to start a, a, um, a career from anybody in the history. In that ten-year run, he averaged 31 homers. Um, it, he bat, I mean he had 408 home. I'm sorry, he batted 310. He batted had 408 home runs and 1230 RBIs in that ten seasons. Um, it's been pretty bad. There was since he left. The Cardinals, their injuries had kind of taken over a little bit. There was some speak that maybe he was a little bit older than he really was in the contract signing, people were saying.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, he did have a pretty good three-year run with the Angels from 2014 to 2017 where he averaged 30 home runs, 105 RBIs a season. But since then, it's been on a kind of a steep decline. And it's just kind of sad to see how this goes. I mean, you're looking at it right now where the Angels are in a position right now where they've got the, the kid Jared Walsh that's coming up. And they're looking to get him in the more first base. He was a 39th round draft pick, but he's been playing pretty well. And Otani being the D can be in a DH, and I think it's time the writing was on the wall. You hate to see something like this go. There's big poppies out there saying it shouldn't have happened like this. What I would really like to see is maybe him find some sort of role with the St. Louis Cardinals. You know, whether it be just hey, when we play interleague games, you can be our DH. Get on the team somehow. And maybe just ride out there, and that way the re- the rest of the year you can kind of have this almost retirement tour, because I feel like this is about the best we're going to get. We're not going to have a full-year thing like they did with Jeter. We're not going to have a full thing what like we did with some of the other greats of the game over the past 20 years. But you know, when it's all said and done, I mean, Albert Pujols, first ballot Hall of Famer, no doubt. If he's not unanimous,
1: then baseball writers need to be fired. And for me, I will always remember Albert Pujols as a Cardinal. It yeah. seemed to me like the Angels thing was was almost kind of gimmicky. I didn't expect it to go on as long as it did. I didn't expect him to put up the numbers that he was able to mm-hmm. to achieve. Uh, well, over those first seven, eight years during his time in Anaheim, it's been it's been a couple of years since he's really been a factor. But he, Albert Pujols, to me. Was he was he was the bomber that we needed in in the mid two thousands. He was the guy with a big bat who could hit the ball a ton, and you just didn't have a lot of that going on at the time. My first baseball video game that wasn't that that wasn't a cartridge that you stuck in the top, <laughs> the, the first actual disc that you, yeah. that you loaded into the console was uh, it had Albert Albert Pujols' face was on the front of it. I'm surprised you're old enough to have console games. I know right? not only not only the Super NES. I had an original Nintendo system growing up. Oh, oh there we man. go. Okay, not well, anymore. That would have been click, sold. Click,
2: click. I mean, let's be clear here, guys. The guy's going to end his career, and he's going to... Right now, as we speak, he's fifth in home runs, mm-hmm. 14th in hits, and second in RBIs. Uh-huh. I mean, wow. I mean, that's just... He I don't know. And, and you know
0: he won't be a unanimous Hall you know, of Famer. You know, because right? there's
2: always one jerk-off. I one. think there's
0: going to be a few. Really? I think there will be a few. Because, because Derek Jeter wasn't even a unanimous Hall of Famer. I know. You, Ken Griffey Jr. wasn't even I know, a unanimous I know. Hall of Famer. Do,
2: do you think there's going to be any sort of, like... Because Albert Pujols has never been actually connected to steroids, he's not been connected, but he's always been suspected. Was suspected, and that is the thing that scares right. me. And maybe then you got these old school baseball writers who, let's be clear, all need to die because they've just been
0: okay. <laughs> 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 well, listen,
2: here's the thing: they've been they need to die die off. I should say, not, uh, lose, all need to die. lose their votes. How about that? Well, yeah, yeah, because they've just been voting for stupidity for the last ten years. I mean, it's now the no doubt. the hall of very good. You know, we don't even get players in on on these last years. I mean, nobody's even made it.
1: Like, this year, we don't have a Hall of Famer. Kurt Schilling, prime example.
2: Yeah, I Getting mean, there's, there's just so many guys out there that deserve to be in the Hall of Fame, regardless of what era you're talking about, the steroid era. Keeping Barry Bonds, Roger Clemens, these guys out of the Hall of Fame is stupid.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, we should have... Oh, I... I get what you're saying about not having like the rocking chair tour yeah. like we've had and you know for Kobe and basketball yeah. and Derek Jeter got the big send off yeah, yeah, yeah. you know everywhere he ever played. But listen, I mean let's be honest. Mm-hmm. Albert Pujols hasn't been relevant in like four years. Mm-hmm. Yes. And that's the sad part about it, is yeah. that we see this is why I hate the big mega contracts in yeah. in baseball. Because there is zero way. Yes. Zero way. That I ever would have given him a 10 year deal as the Los Angeles Angels. Because well, he'd already been in the league for 10 years. Yeah, he mm-hmm. was 30 and years he, old when yeah. he,
2: thirty. I think 30 or 31 when he signed right. his contract. Right. He's 31 years old when they signed <laughs> him to 10 million or a 10 year deal worth, what was it? $240 million. <laughs> <laughs> and that was back in, that was 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 20. I mean, 20, that, 20, that's still a side. pretty decent contract right now. Right. And that was back then. I mean, look at whatever. Even Tommy said it this morning on the on the Sportsocracy, talking about Akuna's tra- contract. How they so, they got a deal on that, dude? Oh yeah, what is it like ten years and a hundred million dollars? Oh, yeah, something yeah. like
0: they, that. They
1: collected mm-hmm. on him. Woo! That's a good job. I mean, that'll be renegotiated. You know that. Right? That'll have to happen. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> but with Albert Pujols, so clearly he's done in L.A. That, that's done. They've moved yep. on. Yep. You have to think that this has to be the end of the, the, the end of his career. You've got to be headed into your twilight, yeah. probably retirement. But you know, there's always hope. There's, there's always there's hope that there's... maybe he isn't quite done. And David Sampson, he's the former Marlins president. He's got a podcast that, if you're a baseball guy like I am, it's highly recommended that you listen to this. He's got five possible destinations okay. for Albert Pujols where. He could He could finish out his year mm-hmm. and uh, kind, of, kind of go on his, his farewell tour, if you will. The Chicago White Sox topped this list for him because he has that connection with Tony LaRusa going back to his St. Louis days. The only problem is it, there's not really a fit. They They don't have a place to play. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And German Mercedes is your best hitter. He's your DH, and you're not going to take your hottest hitter out of the lineup, even if Albert Pujols is coming up behind you. This this is not going to work that way. Same goes with the Cincinnati Reds, where the only option would be to put him at first base, where he made his bread and butter for so long. With Joey Votto, Joey Votto being out for a number of number of weeks due to a broken uh, was it a thumb? Yeah, a broken thumb. Expected to miss several weeks. So you bring Pujols in. You know, to Cincinnati, you put him on first base, but then what do you do with him when Joey Botto comes back? You, I mean, yeah. you, there's no place to put it. He has to go straight to the bench. And you, you just can't do that to Albert Pujols. That's I think there's
2: one landing spot and one landing spot only, and that would be St. Louis, where he basically is someone that's on the bench talking to the younger kids. They have a good team. The St. Louis Cardinals are always going to have a good team. It wouldn't it hurt to have a veteran presence around for some of the guys that – I just you're filling up a spot where you're taking a spot away just for having something like this may not make the most sense in the world. But I don't know. It's just it's so sad to see him go like this. I just don't want it I just don't want it to end. But I
0: don't know. I don't I don't think we're asking the right question. The right question to me is does he want to? At this point, yeah. he's been through. You know, he's he's done everything possible that he could yeah. do in his in his major league baseball career. There's nothing else for him to achieve. He's not going to hit any major milestone. No, he's, he's not. not yeah. I, I mean, I'm looking. What he's he's six hundred sixty seven home uh, runs. Yeah. He's got... Uh, 32.55 you know,
2: hits. I mean, it's you know, not...
0: 21.12 like, RBI. Yeah, I any would records. end it there just and you know, go out with the, I with guess the rush stat.
2: Yeah, I'm not in the, the head of Albert Pujols. But <laughs> what, what I do believe is anybody, does, anybody of the stature of Albert Pujols does not want to go out being designated for assignment. And but if, what good can it serve, really? I mean... That you're still on a team at the end of the year, if you're Albert Pools, you, you, you have to feel replaced
1: at this point, right? Well,
2: he's got to know it was coming. I don't think there's any sort of any sort of I don't think there's going to be any ill will for Albert towards the Angels no, organization or anything like that. I'm sure they sat him down and talked to him and say, "Hey, man," like if, if reports come out and say that they just cut him and they didn't talk to him beforehand, that would be the that would be the negative of the situation. But it, it's just. What are you gonna do? What are you gonna do? Like I said, Ken Romansall said it. It was awkward, uncomfortable, but it's necessary.
1: And you got to move forward, and you got to look at the possibility that maybe St. Louis for for maybe a uh, even a one game or a one series kind of a, a farewell appearance. Maybe he comes back to St. Louis is able to retire that way. You don't you don't get the the full remaining season out of him, right? But you know you put on the show, you bring him back, a last, bring back put him out in front year. of the crowd, and yeah. let him get his cheers and everything, yeah. take his curtain call, and then right off into the sunset. Seems like it's the most likely option at this point because Albert Pujols isn't doing you any favors. No, I mean Mike, Mike Trout is the guy in L. A. He's got some good help, Shohei Toni is coming up, and Albert Pujols—it's—it's—it's it's, it's his time to go.
0: Yep, it's just, okay. Oh yeah,
1: oh it—it's—it's it's been time to turn the A hot
2: minute, <laughs> <laughs> a hot minute. I mean he—I mean like I said, those those
0: that run from 2014 to 2017
1: was pretty good, but pooh uh, poo sense <laughs> definitely. Well, when we talk about baseball, it's normal to talk numbers, right? Yeah. It, mm-hmm. Baseball is a money game. There, there's yep. a lot of dollars that get tossed around over the course of a major league season. Well, it's not only in the major leagues. There's a lot of money, actually, uh, across the entire sports world. And if I, can, if I can find the right tab, I'm going to tell you exactly how much <laughs> money that is. Here it is. Yeah, it's all the, way at the, all the way at the end, of course. Uh, the Forbes 2020 list of the, uh, the richest teams and i'm still looking for this tab hang bear bear with me just a minute i'm going to google it up but at the top of the list it's it's no it's no real surprise that uh that the dallas cowboys are still absolutely raking oh, it yeah. in
0: 5.7 billion dollars i mean they but you got to factor in all the all of the things that they own i right. mean they own that whole complex down there at Jerry world right. so and all of that is lumped into into the value of the team right I mean, there's just,
2: for the, you know, most of the time we're going to look at these as been going on for a while. A lot of times these used to be the soccer franchises, Manchester United, all that good stuff. But now we're looking at these being just, I mean, crazy. The Yankees were bringing in ridiculous amounts of money as well. Five and a quarter billion. Yeah,
1: I mean, like, they're, they're still doing things good enough for number two on the list and yeah. you look at the Dallas Cowboys so 5.7 billion this is a team that's perennial perennially not only in the top ten but in the top five of most valuable sports franchises in the world and even then they've had a 43 percent increase in value over the last five years this is a team that hasn't made the playoffs and I can't I can't remember the last time that Dallas, long time. Yeah, it has yeah, been relevant right. in the playoffs and yet they just continue To increase their market value. Jerry Jones is sitting on a gold mine, obviously, since 1989 he has been. Paid $150 million for this program. (laughs) Right. right. $150 million cost $5.7 billion return on investment. I mean, I want want Jerry Jones in my wallet. I think that was a good purchase.
0: Oh, no doubt about it.
2: No, (laughs) And you know what was funny was that people say about Jerry that he basically just got bored. With oil, and he was like, ah, you know what, man? Well, I'm just gonna go out there and buy me a NFL team. That's what I'm gonna do. And buy an NFL team is gonna be the Dust Cowboys. Well, I'm you want to
0: you, you want to talk about uh, appreciating assets? Yes. Uh, look at the number two team on the list. Yeah, the New York Yankees are number two. Yeah, yeah. valued at five point yeah. two five billion dollars. Mm-hmm. Nineteen seventy-three, the Steinbrenners bought it. Yeah, for eight point eight million. Yeah, yeah, it was
2: like a, <laughs> a, bag of, a bag of chips and a Hershey's Kiss. Is what <laughs> happened, and they were like, "Oh yeah, we're just gonna take this and we're gonna blow it up." Yeah, um, that's what 27 World Series championships does
1: for you. Yeah, unlike the Cowboys, that's a <laughs> little, the Yankees have been a little more useful than America's football team. But no surprise there, 1 and 2 are pretty pretty well expected. Number 3, I thought yeah. was kind of interesting. Well, your, your James Dolan-owned New York Knicks at $5 uh, billion dollars coming in on the price tag. Yeah,
2: and, and that's why we'll never be able to get rid of this jack wagon, because he's going to sit there and say, I'm not going Anywhere, <laughs> James <laughs> it's going to be something where we have to find some dirt on him, like a Donald Sterling situation, like we did in, in LA for a couple years. Oh yeah, he's going to have to get canceled.
0: Yeah, he's going to have to happen. And, you know, I mean, if you've if you've <laughs> ever heard his music, he should be canceled. For we that. talked
2: about that yesterday. <laughs> it is oh boy, that is just me and Caleb were on <laughs> yesterday, and we were talking about how he's the worst worst owner in all of sports. And it was just, like, a litany of, like, infractions I was going through. And then the biggest one was, then people have to also listen to is absolutely horrible music. And if you haven't, just, just stay
0: away. It's so bad. Yeah, don't do that to yourself, yeah. <laughs> I promise you, your dogs will attack you if you play that. Oh, my
2: Lance, dude. It's like the... Uh, Wanna be musician, and I got lots of money, so I'm going to go out there and I'm going to try to do things like I can't do, and
0: it just sounds. <laughs> <laughs> well, but what makes it worse is that it's like folk music. Yeah,
1: yeah. Uh, Gag me. Oh goodness. Do we know what the name of this band is? I I have no clue what James Dolan's I type can of music probably is. Probably
2: find this out with this, the whole internet.
1: I thing think that he's that just a solo know. act, isn't it? <laughs>
2: I, there's an actual. Ba- uh, um, it's not just him up there with a freaking. <laughs> Oh, he has like a band? guitar, yeah. Like
0: James Dolan and the Idiots,
2: yeah. <laughs> like that would be the best band name ever. <laughs> Pot- Actually, that, that needs. That's gonna be the punk band I started. It's gonna be James Dolan <laughs> and the Idiots.
1: Five million copies sold. Yeah, and, you know this five billion dollar value. It can't be coming from ticket sales at this point.
2: Um, it's 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 because the owners of
0: Madison
1: Square Garden. Madison Square Garden. Mm-hmm. So they're gonna get all
2: these other stuff. The same thing he was talking about with Jerry mm-hmm. World. Um, it's it you. When you own MSG, you also own MSG Entertainment. You own MSG, the everything, the brand TV itself, yeah. yeah. The production so the rights whole, and all that. The whole deal is all in one package, which also gives you the New York Rangers. Mm-hmm. So I'm I'm pretty sure that
1: money with the Knicks has Rangers money in there somewhere because it's all lumped into one. Now yeah, the Rangers just keep hemorrhaging money. That might be an asset that you want to divest from pretty soon. But, oh god! But yeah, the Knicks. Oh god. The hold knick- on, <laughs> hold on. What's up? One second. James Nolan,
2: name of his band is J.D. and the Straight Shot. You're kidding. (laughs) You're kidding. Oh, my God. I seriously. Can't even put
1: his full name on it. J.D. JD JD and the Straight
2: Shot. Shot. And the first video of his uh, band, the, the name of the video is called Glide. Astro Glide. Oh, Heavily influenced boy. by Dave Matthews. Yeah,
1: I mean, geez louise. Oh, my goodness. That is ridiculous. That's, that's another reason for me to hate the Knicks. But
2: uh, Hey, now you can't hate the Knicks. You can hate James Dolan, but the Knicks. The Knicks.
0: It's a franchise on the rise, right? <laughs> yeah, I'm
2: <they're> telling you. I'm <laughs> telling you. We're going to make the playoffs for the first time in 10 years. We could actually win a playoff game.
0: That would be... Series even.
2: Series even.
0: (laughs) I mean, woo! I won't be shocked. I won't be shocked if you guys win a first round series. No, we're playing
2: really well. We were 12 out of 14. Mm -hmm. Derek Rose, since he's been there, we're 21 to 9. We're more than likely going to play the Atlanta Hawks. I think we could beat the Atlanta Hawks in the playoff
0: series. Yeah, a couple, oh, of yeah. Su- a couple of surge so, of programs. So we're we're. we're... <laughs> <laughs> I love that sound. Hey, that is awesome. a little possible. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and Derek Rose, we trust though. I mean, when you put he and Tom Thibodeau together, there is some magic that happens. Something I don't know. It's it's just it's unbelievable how good he plays.
2: With he playing with Tom Thibodeau, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, he's 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 averaging about seventeen or eighteen a game right now. Oh yeah. And and he's just he's shooting really well, and I think he's got the rest of the... I think he's that veteran presence that that I think some of these younger guys still look up to, and they know Derrick Rose, and they're still a little bit in awe of Derrick Rose, and that he can still do what he's doing. Because I thought Derrick Rose was done five years ago.
1: Oh, yeah. So to be as relevant as he was right now it was pretty crazy. He was fragile as paper a number of years yes. ago. Now he's looking pretty strong and yep. pretty healthy. We got to take a short break here on the Sports Tank. When we come back, we'll talk a little bit more about this uh this Forbes list of uh, of most valuable sports franchises. We'll talk a little bit about Aaron Rodgers as well and this rumor that's going around about his possible payment. It's all coming up right after this on 92.9 ESPN. You're in The Sports Tank. I saw some I
0: saw
1: you are in the Sports Tank on 92.9 FM ESPN Asheville. I'm Kate LaPeak. He's Brian Haynes. He's Tank Spencer. I'm running out of arms to yeah. point with here. And this mm-hmm. hour, this first hour of the Sports Tank, of course, as, as always, brought to you by Ingalls Markets. Low prices. Love the savings. So glad to have Ingalls aboard with us as we're just running down this list of the 2021 most valuable sports franchises across the globe. We got down to number three on the list. Number three being the New York Knicks at a price tag of five, Bill. Number two, the New York Yankees at five point two five billion, and at the top of the list, the Dallas Cowboys worth a cool five point seven billion dollars. Chuck change, them Chuck change to Uncle Jerry. However, down on the list, you know, Brian, you mentioned the uh, the the uh, soccer teams and the the football teams yes. that that tip, that typically tend to show up on this list, and we've only got a couple of them this year. Surprisingly, mm-hmm. no real surprise who they are, though. What is surprising is how close they are in revenue. Number four on this list of Forbes most valuable franchises is Barcelona, the Barca Football Club. Yeah, four point seven six billion in American dollars. That's up thirty four percent over the last five years. Now, number five. Real Madrid. Yep, worth four point seven five billion dollars. Yeah, so the pretty di- close. The difference in values is uh, one tenth of a billion dollars, which is still a lot of money. Which I would take in a second. Yeah, no and t- swim swimming it like Scrooge McDuck. If you want to donate one tenth of a billion dollars to me, you can. <laughs> yeah. Long time rivalry, and now it's extending beyond the pitch. Now it goes into the uh, into the ledger as well, because mm-hmm. these two programs have battled back and forth for so long. I, c- I can't really speak to the to the histories of these programs as much because I haven't been involved with them so much. Mm-hmm. But but watching the, the the Lionel Messi's and the you know the Cristiano Ronaldo's yeah. do battle over the course of the year of the years, it, it was epic. It
2: their, really was. Their derby was always a good thing. The the, the derbies they like to call it through the you know the close up. You know, got the Manchester United Man City derby. Got uh-huh. these kind of things.
1: These are these are. Matches that are seen by millions and millions of people all over the world. Yeah. And you got to think, these are two clubs that, you know, in times of non COVID, they're going to be packed out every, it, like over in Europe, Sunday is football day, just like it is here in America, except over there, it's, it's soccer hooligan day. Uh, that, that, that is what surprises me a little bit about them, like this, the uh, football teams
2: making the list is that, you know, I, I would imagine most of them were making some money from the sales of people going to the games and, being on top of each other because you can't find a seat in any of those guys.
1: Yeah, it's definitely a, definitely an, an empire that's been built between the Barca uh-huh. and Real Madrid uh-huh. and, and the La Liga. Number six on the list, the Golden State Warriors owned by Joe Lacob and uh, Peter Gruber. A Cool $4.7 billion as uh, the value I'm on that. I'm not going to lie. That is a
2: little surprising to me. Um, it shows you what happens when you win, when, win games. Well, here's You the, win a couple championships and you're going to make that list because then every Fairweather fan across the
1: nation is going to go out and buy your Josie. And how much do those rings have to do with this value? 100%. They, they've only, uh, the Lakob and Gruber have only owned this team for 11 years, okay? Yeah. They bought it back in 2010, paid $450 million for it. Yeah. In that time, the value has increased 147%. That's yep. what a golden championship ring will yep, do for you. absolutely. And a guy named Steph Curry. Well,
2: he kind of helped out a little bit. A little bit.
1: You know, for the amount that you're paying him, I'll I'll take that return on investment. Absolutely. Let's get through this list. It's number seven, Los Angeles Lakers. $4.6 billion by the Bus family there. Robert Kraft's New England Patriots coming in at number eight. A 38% increase in value over five years to a grand total of $4.4 billion. Number nine, you're fighting New York football giants. man. All
2: my teams are just making the list. I guess, you know. The New York media market. That means we're we make money it doesn't mean we're any good
0: i mean <laughs> yeah. when's the last time any of these guys won a championship yeah, I mean, like, exactly like, exactly
2: that, uh, that, that whole
0: being in new york thing that really helps
2: so out that kind of helps it's okay though listen i you know they've you when you're in new york you're going to make some money i mean the jets are probably what next oh no they're probably not no
0: yeah. no they're not even close no, not. actually i i scanned the entire list here they're not, yeah. they're they're, they're at 17 Well, yeah. I mean, that's what happens when you haven't won a Super
2: Bowl since Joe Namath.
0: (laughs) (laughs) We'll we'll just see how long. Super Bowls don't mean everything, because the Tampa Bay Buccaneers ain't on this list. They ain't in the top 50. Well, you give them a couple more years with
2: Tom Brady's jerseys, they made them. (laughs) There was a report that came out the other day where they were the number one selling franchise out of the blue. The Tom Brady effect is now affected... Jersey
0: sales, and it was the increase was like twelve hundred percent
2: year over year, ridiculous. ridiculous. Yeah, yeah, that's that's crazy. Lord have
1: mercy. Yeah, we'll we'll see. Speaking of which, we'll see how long it takes John Mara and the Mara family to get you know take their money and run from the New York Giants organization. Never, yeah, yeah, unlikely, but it's possible. Number ten, we'll just round out this list. Another soccer program out of Germany, Bayern Munich. Four point two one billion is the uh, is the price tag on that. That's a bit of a far cry from the five point seven billion that the tops the top of the list. Dallas Cowboys are worth. Let's go just, just a bit outside. The
0: Sports Tag. Just a bit outside. All right, here's the ball wide, wide, wide. folks.
2: So, minor leaguer Luis Santana had an incredible night at the plate here in a local actual Tourist minor league baseball against the Brooklyn Cyclones on Thursday. Uh, he wasn't really quiet about it, so his first at-bat of the season, ding-dong. Second bat of the season comes up. He hits a fly ball. It goes deep. It's out of the park. And this guy decides to go beast mode. And bat flips, the greatest bat flip I have ever seen in my entire life, to the moon, just like Doggy Coin. And here we go. It's pretty crazy. I like this tweet out there. Santana woke up this morning and chose violence, and we are absolutely here for it. It's nice to see the local actual tourists making the rounds across the country. This has been picked up by Bleacher Report and so many other people, and
1: it is going wild, and I absolutely love it. So describe describe this bat flip for me a little bit. So
2: the, basically, he crushed his second home run in a second at-bat and took two hands on the bat, flipped it as high as he possibly can, which is, I would say, slightly dangerous if you were not anywhere near him. Maybe just a little I, I, bit. I, and to, to me, there was a thing that... I was very surprised, one, he didn't get, like, ejected from the game because you know how baseball and their stupid rules are. Two, I'm surprised that the the Brooklyn Cyclones didn't come next at bat and just plug him right in the back. That's what
1: I would have, would have expected.
2: It, it was pretty crazy. Or I thought maybe the catcher might go full-on Brian McCann at the plate and, like, get into his face after he did that. None of which happened because maybe it was just a lonely old minor league baseball game and everybody was just there for Luis Santana.
1: Hey if if Asheville's going to go viral for anything I'd rather it be for a vat flip than Joe Micelik's tantrum. The, yeah. the, the last thing that uh, that put yeah. Asheville nationwide. No 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 no,
0: no. you got it, you got it totally wrong. Uh Mikulik is great and don't ever Is it great? Yeah, don't it,
1: ever disparage. Is it a proud yeah. moment? Probably not. Uh
0: no it's not necessarily a proud moment but uh I guarantee you the marketing department was like yeah we could do something with this. Yeah, let's do that. Uh and 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 that's the same thing with this. Uh, I mean Luis Santana comes out day 1 of the season cuz yeah. you know they got well I guess had the rain out on the first day. Yeah, they had the rain out yeah. on
1: Tuesday on the 4th. So
0: on the so on the opening day he's already going viral. Yeah. This is exactly what minor league baseball needs to do. Minor league yeah. baseball has to lean into this and stuff. if the the I the person at the actual tourists
2: isn't saying, let's take this and run with this, guys, to make money, they're they they are
0: doing it wrong. Uh, absolutely. Yeah. That, mean, need, that needs to be like a giveaway or something. They need <laughs> to have some kind of a, uh, like you know. Everybody, I, I'm gonna call, they, in fact, I'm going to call Doug Maurer right now.
2: Yeah. Have the kids come out on the field and see how high they can throw the bat and, and then run away so that they don't hit themselves in the head. I with think it. from
0: now on, every opening day at McCormick Field should be Luis Santana
1: Day.
2: Yeah. Why not? From now on forevermore. From now right? on forevermore. From this point on. Well, you
1: know, I'm looking around the studio here at ESPN Asheville. I'm seeing all these bobbleheads. a vast majority of them, frankly, are Asheville tourist bobbleheads. Yeah, mm-hmm. And Luis Santana has got to have one soon. I, I, I was looking at the stat line he had from that yeah. game alone. Two home runs in that game. This bat flip happened in the third inning. And yeah. it was already his second homer of the game. He yeah. had a ridiculous number of RBIs. So clearly, this is going to be the big horse to, for, for years. I, I don't know how long he's going to be in Asheville. Typically, typically you get a player this good. He doesn't spend a lot of time in a 1A program. I
0: was going to say, he keeps playing like this. He ain't going to be around yeah. long. So, yeah, he
1: goes three for five with two home runs, a double, and five RBIs, and 11 for victory.
2: He will be playing for the big squad pretty soon.
1: I'm going to need you to cool that bat off just a little <laughs> yeah. bit there, Santana. We need to keep you around for a bit. My weird news comes out of Miami Gardens, oh boy. out of Hard Rock Stadium, where the YouTube brawl tour rolls right along as Logan Paul <laughs> and, uh, and Floyd Mayweather are set to do battle in a, I think it's a pay-per-view, Yeah, it's going to be a Showtime boxing event, believe it or not. Well, yeah. It's
2: not on the thriller or whatever the hell they call that thing now, That the, the debacle that I had to watch the other night when... One of the brother brothers knocked out Ben Asker or whatever the heck it was. Yeah, 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 No, <laughs>
1: yeah. Trailer.
2: Yeah. Yeah, I can I mean, I did not need to hear Snoop Dogg
1: yell 2,455,000. <laughs> I'm a waste of my life. Golly. But, so, it, it, just in case you weren't aware, so this 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 YouTuber, this Logan Paul character, who he mm-hmm. thinks he's a boxer, mm-hmm. challenged Floyd Money Mayweather to a fight. The undefeated, undisputed champion, uh, not the heavyweight champion of the world. He's no. kind of a light guy, but he's still the champion of the world. Yep. And, uh... So Logan Paul is, they're doing their, their face-off thing. They're doing, they're doing their, their pre-fight kind of uh, pump piece, their hype piece, you know, yep. where, they, where they get all the interest generated. You expect to see a little bit of face-to-face, you know, nose-touching during those kinds of things until Jake Paul, the older brother of Logan Paul, comes over and starts jawing himself. So, you know, he inserts himself into the mix, no surprise there until he snatches the hat off of Floyd Mayweather's head. Oh, and God that almighty. sets off all kinds of cane. Floyd Mayweather, Mayweather comes after uh, Jake Paul, screaming uh-huh. obscenities, I'll, I'll kill you, this, that, and the other. And now we're finding out that Jake Paul has since been banned from the fight.
2: Uh, God almighty, I don't care. <laughs> but here's the thing. He, you know, he just, you're, you're going up against the pound-for-pound greatest fighter possibly ever to walk onto the thing. He... he, he I, they're, from all aspects, we found out that uh, old Jakey Paul's got himself a little shiner the next day, which maybe that's why he's not going to be there. Listen, these guys are promoting geniuses. They really are. They're going to they're gonna make so much money on this. You know what's really funny is that Canelo and Saunders are about to fight, and they're doing their thing, and then all of a sudden they were like, huh? you were
0: like, who? And I was going to say, nobody cares. Yeah, Canelo has soul. And this is what well, I'm
2: saying for the actual boxing, which people should be caring more about. Canelo and Saunders are fighting. They're doing their thing. And every single question that's being asked is about this fight. That's what is so disturbing,
1: disgusting and. Makes
2: you just want to cry about the state of boxing.
1: Right and, and that's what you're seeing. It's, it, boxing is in an exhibition state at this point. Yeah. You've got two very, very skilled fighters in Canelo Alvarez and Billy Joe Saunders. This is a fight for a championship belt. Uh, Bleacher Report is saying it, it could be a, a contender for the potential fight of the year. Yeah. And no one is talking about about this. Right. Just like you said, it goes back to the Mike Tyson and Roy Jones Jr. kind of thing that happened back in November. A couple of guys well into their fifties. It's not going to be a prime, a, a great, you know, st- boxing match logistically by any means. No, but it was fun to watch, and it generated a ton of money over eighty million dollars on revenue. That's what's happening. That's they're, they're where the money comes from. Money now. off of it, and if it would be one thing, if nobody
2: was going to go buy the stupid thing, but there's. Lots of people out there. Because sooner or later, to be honest with you, everybody's going to buy this because they want to see Mayweather rip this freaking kid's head off. I mean, they do. <laughs> they don't want to They don't want to go out there. But the problem is he, they're not going to see that. Because Mayweather's smart. And he knows that if he goes out there and he just punches this guy four times in the first round and he goes down, it's not going to do it. He wants to build up. He's going to showboat. He's going to do a little thing. He's going to bounce around the ring. He's going to do that. And, and I swear to God, if this dude because let's be clear here, I've seen better falls, you know, in Niagara than what's been going on in these places <laughs> going on right now because these people, Ben Asker just took one shot on the chin and was like, yeah, I'm going to go to sleep and I'm going to start smiling on the court, on the mat. If this happens with Mayweather, holy Moses, I will die. Like, if he actually takes a dive,
0: I just don't see it. I there can't. is zero chance of that happening. Well, how much money are they offering He's not going to make any money for losing, though. Oh, that's, is that right? And okay. that's the thing. And he's forty nine. Think about, think about it this way: Yeah, Floyd Mayweather, yeah, a guy who's never lost a yes. fight before, yes, never lost, is going to come never into <laughs> a, an exhibition match with a YouTuber, yeah, and he's going to make himself look like an idiot if they offer I him have, fifty million dollars. I would just do. It. He he he. But that's the thing: like he doesn't get any. He doesn't get any extra oh, money it, for losing. Oh, it's not. It's He's not, the money guy in all of this. There's not there's not somebody on the other side that's got more money than Floyd Mayweather going, "Hey, I'll pay you to take a dive." Yeah, you never know. No. no I, I don't think so. So, I would track my uh earlier statement. I was just brought back to
2: reality by one text Spencer because <laughs> that makes way more sense than what I was just saying. No. I
0: think I think what what really happens in this is is, you know, maybe I could see it going either way. Maybe Floyd wants to toy with him. Yeah. And play with him for a while. Make it, you know, get put on a show for yeah. everybody. Yeah. Dance around a little bit. He's probably got some more dancing left in him from the, uh, the Pacquiao fight. Cause yeah. God knows he didn't dance around enough in that one. Oh, God. Uh, maybe he'll play with him a little bit. I honestly think he should just go out there and get it done with Yeah, and be, and make a statement and say, this is what boxing is all about. There's yeah. one good thing that could come out of this, and it's for Floyd May- Mayweather to go out there, dismantle this kid yes. in four punches, yeah. and go, this is what boxing is. Boxing should not be exhibitions yes. with YouTubers. Yes. YouTubers do not belong in this ring. If you want to see actual, real athletes go at it, you need to
1: be paying attention to stuff like the Canelo fight.
0: That's my dog right there, because that's exactly
2: what I will be rooting for it to happen.
1: Yeah, that that will absolutely be a real fight. Canelo Alvarez is a dog. I've seen him just absolutely murder people in the ring. <sighs> Man, I, I don't think we see Mayweather throw more than four punches in the first the first round. I think we get maybe maybe four or five punches the first couple of rounds each from Mayweather. He's going to be do- dodging, ducking, dipping, dodging, diving, and dodging. He's going to be <laughs> yeah. moving all over Dodge, the ring. He's going to make die, Jake dog, Paul dog. chase him, and then when Jake Paul's tongue is hanging out like a dog, gasping for breath, that's when Mayweather comes in for the kill right. because he's a pro. He knows how this works. That's what he did to uh to Conor McGregor. Didn't mm-hmm. knock him out. He just beat him until he couldn't physically do anything Actually, anymore. Actually,
2: Conor did. P- much better yeah. than I thought he would have yeah, because Connor's yeah, a seasoned fighter well. he did I mean it was what 10 rounds mm-hmm. it was a 10 round fight mm-hmm. like you went 10 rounds before you met with you're pretty good oh my god I couldn't do that. I couldn't even make it I, couldn't, <laughs> I know you couldn't do that. I couldn't even make it from backstage to the ring without needing
1: um life support, for sure. I, I don't know how you're gonna be able to watch this fight. Frankly, I really don't care. The the fight that you do need to watch is Canelo Alvarez versus Billy Joe Saunders. That's yeah. the one that that is for you know that, that's your professional fight. And what's sad is that this, this fight will make more money than that fight will, probably. Yeah, for real. Joel, Twofold, threefold. Two, yeah. As far as the tail of the tape is concerned, it's 44 years old versus 24 years old. Mayweather the elder, Jake Paul the youngster here. <laughs> Both of them undefeated. Money Mayweather, 50-0, one of the greatest pound for pound fighters in his lifetime. Jake Paul, 3-0, technically. Well, that's, that's mm.
2: like he's fighting Logan Paul. This is what's so freaking confusing. Which one of these jack? Wagons, yeah, the good way right he is fighting Yeah, ball, I, mean, isn't I mean, seriously, I don't know who, which one of these guys we're gonna. <laughs> okay, so he wh- fighting Logan, but Jake just got pummeled. Jake just beat Az Aspre- I mean, it's just one of them's YouTube. Didn't one of these guys get like kicked off of YouTube for like going into that Japanese suicide force? Or that was stuff like Logan that? kid. Yeah, that like, who cares about this guy? I hope every one of them. Just end up in a horrific accident somehow. Oh my god, yeah. <laughs> that's a that's yeah. a little rough. Well, it's okay, but yeah, listen. what I really want to see is I want to see them fight each other. Yeah, that is that is going to be the money.
0: Let us see the brothers fight each oh, other.
2: You you're such a genius. This is where it's going too. That's what they're doing. We're like, hey, brother Logan. Uh. Can
0: you can you imagine that they're going to get to a point where the where where Jake and Logan are at some point they're going to headline. A pay-per-view, yes. like fighting each other, yes. It's it's actually the greatest ruse ever pulled on the sports world. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> oh my god! You're not an actual boxer. I don't care that you look good in Taibo class. Yeah, stop it with the with the boxing thing. And I'm so, I'm so tired of people out there
2: saying, "Oh, they're they, they're boxers. They they've been no. You're not a boxer. You've taken some boxing lessons. You've probably done some things." I, I don't care if, unless you've been boxing since you were a kid, amateur boxing, going through this, you're not a boxer. You're someone who plays boxing
1: in the show. Yeah, done, done. Well, technically, uh, Logan Paul is undefeated as well. He's one and zero officially uh, who, via in, uh, versus, versus a Fred split Flintstone decision. and Barney Rubble. I <laughs> <Her> mean, <name laughs> Jesus versus some. Oh, 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 versus another YouTube star.
2: Oh God, yay! Yeah, KSI, something. Is that a professional ranking? Like. Up with these things, yeah, I'm three and since I was in the fifth grade against the guy who pulled my shorts down in the hallway.
1: So here's Logan Paul's career. He fought once; it was an exhibition against this YouTuber. It ended at a draw. Nobody won. The rematch technically was a pro fight, technically counted on the record, and and Logan Paul won via split decision. Oh my Lanta! This is this is not going to be This is going to be I'd, a I just
0: like to throw out there my <laughs> accolades. I am three time Irwin High School Field Day banana eating champion. I just want to I just want that out there. If if, if he's if Logan Paul's going to be able to say I I'm don't one and all against another YouTube video out there of tank spencer <laughs> no, just golfing down
2: bananas. Uh, the real question is is how many? Just four.
0: They only gave us 4. Oh. So it was whoever did it fastest. Yeah. I mean, I've
2: done such things as take down like 10 big Macs in about 10 minutes. Oh, I've uh, seen you do it. Yeah. <laughs> You know, I believe you. I'm also one good walk to the car away from having a heart
0: attack. But that's I'm just me. I mean, that. while we're making up fake accolades, yeah, I just thought yeah, I'd get exactly. that way to
1: Three and oh. And you got to be know. proud of something. Yeah, got to have something to believe in. Alright, well there's a situation happening in Green Bay. You, uh-huh. know, you know about it. Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers aren't getting along. They're having a little bit of a domestic situation here. And it really seems like Aaron Rodgers is just about done with all of it. It seems like the Green Bay front office is happy to oblige him in that. I don't really see a path where these two reconcile. And according to this report that's coming out from the Athletic, it seems like the ship really has sailed. In recent months, quote unquote, according to the Athletic, an offer came down from the Green Bay front Office. This was an offer that would have made Aaron Rodgers the most valuable quarterback in the NFL. Currently, he's making twenty-one and a half million dollars a year. To in order to do that, we don't have a, we don't have a number that's disclosed. But if he were to be the highest-paid uh, quarterback in the league, that salary would have to roughly double. Yeah, you have to be making close to forty-five, pushing fifty million dollars a year. Apparently, Green Bay offered it to him, and Aaron Rodgers flat out turned it down, which turns on the
2: whole idea of the fact that he just wanted to be know that he was going to be there for a while. Because that was what was coming out before is that he felt slighted because they weren't going to offer him, you know, whatever they were going to do. I know. He, I found out actually because I thought he was. Not under contract for the next three years. He is under contract for the next three years. Uh They were just going to make him a lot higher paid. I think this is 100% the nail in the coffin to know that Aaron Rodgers will not be playing for the Green Bay Packers next year. The fact that he said, "Uh, no, I don't want your highest paid quarterback money in the world. I don't care what's going on. I don't want to play another down for you, especially if old Goon Doon Quiston Moomin is out there cuz like he is basically put in his heels and said I will not play another down for if that guy is still here. And to be honest with you, it's it's probably to the point where
1: even if they fired him, I don't know if he would even come back and play. And I think you're probably right about that. It's just because they the front office of Green Bay won't talk to Aaron. They won't they won't offer him any deal. In, more substantial than a one-year deal. Aaron has said, hey, I'm not going to sign a one-year contract. Yeah. And it seems like Green Bay just can't offer him anything more than that, even though he is currently on contract yeah. for for a couple more years. He wants security. Yeah. Green Bay isn't going to offer him security. They made that clear when they drafted Jordan Love last year instead well, of bringing in some weapons. I can't blame Aaron Rodgers. They're not going to give me mistakes. the tools to succeed. i got to get out of here.
2: Mistakes were made, as I would like to say, because um, Jordan Love cannot play football. Um, they're... This the walk walk me walk with me here. Let's just say that Jordan Love was a serviceable quarterback, could play, maybe start some NFL games. Um, Aaron Rodgers would not be here right now. Mm -hmm. They know that this guy can't play. They know they're actually one hundred percent screwed if he doesn't come back because he's the only guy they have on this team. They don't even have another quarterback. I don't even know they were talking about going against. There's I don't even think there's one on the roster. The Boyle kid that they had, where there was people from Green Bay saying that he actually had a pretty big arm, is now in Detroit. So now you have Jordan Love and um, I don't know the Uncle Rico from freaking Napoleon Dynamite <laughs> on the team. I mean, it's just it's just I don't know what what they're what they're thinking. What they're thinking is we don't really have any other choice. And if you're not going out there right now and saying, okay, what is the best deal? I can get for Aaron Rodgers where I can get a young quarterback in return. That's why when we talked about the five landing spots the other day um, on the Sportsocracy every morning at nine a.m. on YouTube, make sure you check it out. Promos. <laughs> um, here is here's the thing. We talked about Las Vegas. They could probably send. They'll obviously send Derek Carr in return. There was Denver was sending Drew Lowe, ugh, 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 Boy, that sounds really really bad. Close enough. There is. The ones that were interesting that we came up, um, you know, there was the Cleveland Browns came up, mm-hmm. and could you imagine Aaron Rodgers going to that team? Because they have are loaded with talent. They could actually send a lot of pieces and go with like that. But you know, I don't know. And then the New York Giants could send Daniel Jones, and we can get him over in the Giants
1: uniform. And I would be a very happy. Well, when, it's just short-sightedness, if you ask me. You look, at the, you look at the Green Bay front office, and the quotes that have been coming out of, of that organization have been kind of ridiculous. Back in late January, I'm quoting this from CBS Sports, Mark Murphy, he's the CEO of the Green Bay Packers, was asked about the the contract request by Aaron Rodgers to extend that or yeah. give him something more. Or he was going to leave. And Murphy responded with, we're not idiots. Aaron <laughs> Rodgers will be back. Yeah. That was in January. It's yeah. now May, and it's clear that Aaron Rodgers will probably not be back. That's a statement that is <laughs> aged, like Jeremy says, like warm dairy. Yeah, I mean, you you said aren't wrong. Like, we are idiots. And that's what happens. Now you are losing one of the greatest football players ever. We talked about the Las Vegas Raiders being a probable landing spot okay. for, for Aaron. Okay. Uh, you would think that, right? Tank, probably the, that's the most likely destination for Aaron Rodgers. Got to be the oh, Las absolutely. Vegas Raiders with John I, Gruden and company.
0: I think the uh, I think the Raiders would be dumb not to tra- tra- to try to trade Derek Carr.
1: Yeah they're the they're the leaders
2: in the clubhouse so mm-hmm. to speak if there was some people um in the i know the talk before the draft was denver but i, I las vegas is one hundred percent the leader
0: Derek carr two ones
2: and a two yeah you tell me Green Bay saying no to that i mean why are they, if they're not they're they're doing it wrong uh-huh there's no way they're bringing him back you could still have it if you got that right there derek Carr is a good enough quarterback that you could keep Green Bay relevant because i'm going to tell you what if they don't they're gonna fall off a cliff. And you're going to have a mutiny in Green Bay because they're going to be like, I can't believe you guys just did this. The thing is that we had right now that's different from the Favre situation was that everybody knew Aaron Rodgers could ball. Everybody knew that he could ball, except for there was some talk in his rookie year that he wasn't as good as people thought it was, but it was second year. And now, you know what?
1: It's going to happen. He's gone. And that's what's going to do. You know, pretty much that's it. 352 on your Friday afternoon. This is The Sports Tank on ESPN Nashville. Right back, right after this break.
0: This is G. on voice of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. The Sports Tank. Fire them cannons. By golly, put
1: more powder in those things. By golly. Had to get that one in there for you, Tank. Yeah. Fire those cannons or something like for that. For once,
0: I get to play that sound bite and not see Jeremy roll
1: his eyes into the back of his head. <laughs> yeah. Are them cannons, my God. Goodness, I've had all that I can stand. You are in the sports state <laughs> on 92.9 FM ESPN Nashville. Glad you're with us. Coming up on, on the 4 o'clock hour, I think. Yeah, it's almost 4 o'clock. So when we get to 4 o'clock, we're going to talk about this Georgia name, image, and likeness law. That's going to have a big impact on the landscape of college sports. And it's it's right here on the southeast, man. It, it couldn't be any closer to home other than if North Carolina were to do it, You know, which I kind of wish they would hurry up and get a move on. So we'll talk about that coming up at 4 o'clock. Speaking of the NCAA. NCAA, NCAA basketball considering turning all flops into technical fouls. Man, wouldn't that be something if a judgment call were to alter the course of the game? And the Indiana Pacers suspending their assistant coach and finding their center. We'll talk about that coming up at 4 o'clock. This is
0: The Sports Tank with Jeremy Green. You look at my numbers, I'm, I'm balling. Beer City's best sports talk is on the air. Get involved. Call 252 4348. Tweet the show at Sports Tank ESPN. The Sports Tank. Come get you some of this. Can't wait.
1: You are in the Sports Tank right here on ninety two point nine FM ESPN Asheville. Glad you could be with us on this Friday afternoon. We're headed toward quitting time inside an hour until five o'clock. I am Caleb Peak. He is Brian Haynes. Yes, sir. He is the one and only Tank Spencer. Yeah. And the second hour of the Sportsocracy, or excuse, excuse me, the Sports Tank. Yeah, that's the other show. i was that we're waiting for you to do that. In. That's yeah. the other show we do in the mornings. The second hour of the Sports Tank is brought to you by Wicked Weed Brewing. Drink different. Really, is some good. stuff over at they 've got it all for you we 've got a stacked impact second hour here on the sports tank it 's going to be mostly basketball We got a lot of hardwood action to talk uh, with the NCAA uh, considering turning all those flops into technical fouls and this name image and likeness law that 's going on we got a lot to get to but first let 's go to the NBA where we had something really weird go down the other night uh, between uh, between an assistant coach and a player you really don 't see this too often from guys in, in the game of basketball on the same bench but regardless it happened it happened after a uh well excuse me during while the indiana pacers and the sacramento kings were playing it was in the third quarter and the kings maurice harkless he had a a chance to go up and stuff at home and uh, you got to be smart with that if you're a big guy you got to make the decision whether to go up and contest the shot or get out of the way don't commit a senseless foul and send the guy send the guy to the line for one more but in this case the uh the indiana pacers center the guy's name is bear with me here goga bitadze I think that's right. Uh, uh, there we go. He, uh, he, uh, he just didn't do anything. He just stood there and watched the guy go to the rack. Yeah, he's like, go ahead, man. We got
2: you. the the seas parted for Harkless to get to the thing. He just said, hey,
1: look at you We're scoring the layup. Have he, fun. Yeah, this Bitadze character put more effort into getting out of the way than getting into the way. Yes. And that was the problem that assistant coach uh, Greg Foster had with it and he he made sure to chime in from uh, from the bench making sure he wasn't happy with uh with Batadze's conduct there. So right after that, the center runs down the court and you're seeing this in the game of, in the the NBA game now. Center runs down the court, gets the ball, knocks down a three-pointer and immediately turns around and uh, to Greg Foster and says sit the f down. Yeah. So these guys were already fighting before the timeout yeah, was yeah, even called. Yeah. By the time they get to the bench after a stoppage in play, You've you've got players trying to hold back Greg Foster from getting to Betonze. He's had enough. He's ready to put a stop to it. It it didn't come to blows. It didn't come to any kind of physical altercation. Everything got settled down and split up. And the two are saying now that they want to put this whole incident behind you. But the question I have for you guys is can you put this incident behind you if you're on the same professional team?
2: I mean, this is something that happens, I guess, a little bit in the game. When emotions are running high, even Woads came out and said that, you know, that they have a strong working relationship, that the emotions just ran high, and they just, you know, it erupted more than it should be. Here's the thing. I, you know, Greg Foster needs to have a little bit more decorum about himself being the assistant coach. He needs to be above that kind of that thing. Yes, the player did, you know, tell him to sit the bleep down, but if you're coming into the – and they're yelling at each other – you're going after him. You look like an idiot when people are having to hold you back from a player. It's not a good look for the franchise or Greg Foster or
1: a Goga And You know, I see this from the opposite point of view, okay. honestly. I see it from the coach's perspective because in the NBA, you have a little bit more room. For this, you know, you don't need to be a high school coach. You don't need to teach these guys how to play the game. They should already know by this point. They're professional basketball players. I mean, for for Pete's sake, yeah. But if I am your coach, if I am on the bench and I, I tell you to do something and you don't do it, or or worse yet, you fire back at me with an expletive, yeah, I'm going to have a problem. And I'm you're probably going to have to hold me back because I'm going to make sure that you know not to do that again. Yeah, and it's just
2: it's been a bad week for Indiana because there was yeah. reports coming out of. Oh, boy. And here we go. Bajorkin. Nice. <laughs> was on the hot seat, the head coach for the Indiana <laughs> Pacers. Uh, don't know. Put your jorts on Bajorkin. Bjork. 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 Oh. Yeah. Bjork. I know Bjork. Yeah. yeah. Bjork
0: Grin. Oh,
2: Bjork Grin. Yeah. Nate Bjork Grin. Nate Bjork Your name is Nate, and your last name is Bjork God almighty, that's... Probably not easy to say, but it's been a bad week for them. Speaking of, because they've been talking about how he's on the hot seat. This is probably the last thing he needed. You know, with him being on the hot seat, then you have your assistant coach like
0: trying to go after one of your players. This is probably not the best look for you. (laughs) Well, and here's the thing: that there are questions right now about Nate Bjorkgren's uh, state of mind. Uh Like, if he, like, I don't know. There, there are sources within within the building, that are telling people in the media, apparently, that He's losing it. He's losing control of the whole situation. And (laughs) shocking. The the pressure coming down (laughs) from, you know, not knowing if he's going to still be uh, around is starting to make him crack, starting to make him do weird things. And so maybe Greg Foster feels like somebody's got to take a lead role here Uh and show. And he's just going about it the wrong way. Right. This is not how you coach in the NBA. No. I mean, uh, 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 Ron Jeremy has proven that down in New Orleans right now. Ron Jeremy. Ron Jeremy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Stan Van Gundy. <laughs> oh, jeez. I was like, what? I think you got that one wrong there, Tangarini. <laughs> Am I the only one in this room? No, he's not noticed saying the, that. i okay. that you mentioned it. Okay. I, mean, I see it. All right. I, All right. I've just always thought that. I crossed my head I, and I was, I was like, <laughs> what in the
2: world? I, I don't want to see it. But I, nobody wants to see but Ron you know what, Jeremy.
0: I, I mean, Stan Van Gundy calling out his players yes. and saying that high schoolers could run plays better right. than them and stuff like not, that. Like, that doesn't sh- work shut in the NBA. Up. Yeah. Right. It doesn't work in the NBA. Yeah. And so now you have Greg Foster going after one of his one of his professional players. As you said it, you know, uh, Caleb, it, the guys are professionals. You shouldn't have to get on them about, you know, leaving an open lane to the basket right. and it's playing a lazy play. and all that kind of stuff. You shouldn't have to do right. that. So do you think maybe. But I this- understand the frustration from Greg Foster. Yeah. It's like, you're a professional. You yeah. should know how to do it. I get the
2: frustration. Again, you need to handle it in a much better way. But this is kind of interesting that you say that there's been some reports on there. Was this maybe Greg Foster saying, Hey, when you fire this dude. Uh, I'll take over the team for the rest of the time. I obviously got fired. I obviously want to coach this team
1: for you. At least on an interim basis, you yeah. would think, you know, that well, the, the firing know, has to be coming.
2: You know, there's a lot of interims that turn into full time coaches. So, I mean, maybe he was saying, <laughs> hey guys, here's my application. I, I, I have feelings. Right. I'm going to get out there I'm going to show you how much I care just, about this franchise. Just think
0: about it in the sense of any other job. Yeah. If you found out that your rival within the office yeah. was on thin ice with the boss yeah. and he's one step up, step ahead of you mm-hmm. and makes a little bit more money than you uh-huh. do, you want his job, you think yeah. you already do his job. Yep. Would you not take the opportunity to show the boss yeah. that you can be the boss?
2: Yeah. And, and you know, there's going to be people out there, the boss is looking at that like, you know what? That's the kind of guy I want running my team. Right exactly, there. and that's it.
0: exactly the kind of guy yeah. that a, that an organization like the Indiana Pacers would hire because they're stupid. Yeah, they they,
2: <laughs>
1: they haven't been relevant since Reggie Miller was around. So just, just stop it, stop it, stop it. Yeah, the Pacers haven't really done much of anything in the Eastern Conference. They're hanging around there on the number nine seed. There's a chance you see them in that play-in tournament on the Eastern Conference side. Ugh. But I mean, they there's still, they're still a little bit of a season
2: left. Is, is that Indiana is possibly getting into the mm-hmm. damn bottom of the playoffs? I mean.
1: And yeah, so now we've got a suspended assistant coach in Greg Foster. He's gone for a little while, and we've got an undisclosed fine that's been levied by the Indiana Pacers to their center, this Goga Bitadze. So a Goga Bitadze, Right. My question is here: Why isn't it? What's good for the goose is good for the gander. Why can't you? Why can't you hand down two uniform punishments here? What makes one worthy of a suspension and another one worthy of a fine? All
2: he did was tell him to shut up, and the other one went after him like he was a raging lunatic. Right.
1: <laughs> I, you, you, I, I you don't think to, he went after him. No, the oh, players he need to hold him back. Like he definitely went yeah, after he him. Wasn't, him. He, after he wasn't him. trying like, to knock it, him out. He was trying to. have going to get some his some face, worse. But When you
2: start, when you start having guys hold people back, that's is the optics.
0: Of it, or what got him suspended, and you have to hold your coaches to a higher standard. Yes, your coach has to be the level-headed guy in the room. If he, if he's not, I mean, obviously, it just creates a bad locker right. room feel of the coach is crazier than the players, right? and you know for some franchises that may that not has be advantages sometimes yeah. you got to have
2: a level a level, <laughs> of, of level of professionalism from your coaches right needs to happen there's a way to go about what he was going about without having to go about the way he went to go about mm-hmm. it you know mm-hmm. like there's just you sit him down and you say listen that's not what you you know you can you can get in his face and you can yell at him but to be held back by other players it just
0: it's just it's it's but that's a thing dumb. you don't handle on the court
2: yeah you don't
0: handle that on the court. You right. handle that in a locker room. Right.
2: You show the kid up on national television, right. or not national television, because nobody's watching the NBA. <laughs> <places>. <laughs>
0: this is regional TV. This, this, is, is, I mean, this is I mean, technically, like, it is carried by the NBA League Pass. But so, I mean, I mean it's available nationwide. Yeah,
2: but uh, yeah, no, nobody's getting the NBA League Pass. If you want to spend 20% of your salary on I watching mean, the Pacers, then oh, go yeah. right ahead.
1: Nobody but, in Indiana even watches the Pacers. They're like, yeah, I'm, I'm good. But I get your point. I mean, I, I really do, of course, you need to hold, you need to hold your coaches to a higher standard. They can't be acting like this. It's a really bad look for your team. It's a bad look for the league. But I, I, I think if you're going to suspend the coach, none of this happens without that retort by Goka Batadze. I think, I think the punishment needs to be uniform. I think you suspend both guys, even if it's for one or two games, it's not anything major. Uh, or, or you find both of them. But I don't think that you, you have a disparity in these, in these punishments that you're levying, because, I, I don't know, because it's Batadze's fault, in my opinion. Well, I'm going to disagree for the square. <laughs> no, I want you to you get me here. It. Let you me got... hear it.
2: No, I just—I mean, the guy could say, like, what if he just said, uh, what do you think about that? You know, what if he pulled the whole, well, you yeah. know, Kirk Cousins be like, you like that? You like that? I mean, come on now. Like, he just, he just you're yelling at him because he let a three, and he hit a three. The guy's just like, hey, listen, just shut up. And, and then he goes absolutely berserk. You can't do that as a coach. You handle it a much different way. Yes, I'm sure... Goga Batadze should have maybe kept his mouth shut, got to the back and said, you know what, coach, you're you're right. I shouldn't have done that. Emotions are high during a game. And like I said, Woj said that these guys have a working relation, a good working relationship. It's not like this is going to be swept under the rug and it's going to be no big deal. The reason he got suspended is because he went after a player and people saw it and people had to hold him back. It's the optics of the situation. If he would have handled it differently, he wouldn't be suspended. If he was just yelling at him he
1: wouldn't be suspended right now. I think it it does speak to the future of Greg Foster though. I mean, it's not it's not going to end his career by any means. If anything, it's going to show that he's got enough fire to take it to he his. He'll a job.
2: That's the kind of thing. That's why yeah. people are stupid because he'll end up getting a job. Yeah,
0: he he definitely will. I do mean, he'll make it. he'll make a great head coach at um, uh, I don't know Mount Saint Marys. IUPUI. Right, <laughs> that's a good one. <laughs> IUPUI. Yeah, yeah. IUPUI. Indiana University of Purdue University of Indiana. But that's where you expect to see things like this. Yes. You expect to see things like this more at the college. College level, yeah. especially the lower lower levels of college basketball, yeah. rather than seeing this in the NBA. Yeah. There's not a single NBA superstar who's looking at Greg Foster and going, "I want to play for that guy."
2: Yeah, they're like yeah, every single one of them are like, "Dude, you did the right thing." They're clapping Oh, Goga Batadze right now, saying, "Yeah, you tell him to shut that up." Yep. You know yep. what I mean? Tell them. But yeah. Yeah, anyway, I, I get I get where your point is. You know, the kid should have been a little bit probably not said that
1: back, but. Again, it's the optics of the situation. Oh, the Indiana Pacers are just longing for the Roy Hibbert and uh, Victor Oladipo days. Well, Things have it's fallen also, off significantly. <laughs>
2: What's really funny, too, is that this, uh, uh, okay,
1: <laughs>
2: Bjorkgren <Bjorkrin laughs> got fired uh, and replaced Nate McMillan, who is now, like, coaching the, the uh, Atlanta Hawks through the roof right now. Mm-hmm. So it's almost like Good hire. they're like, oh, man, you don't know what you got it this gone. <laughs> 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 Don't know what it is.
1: All right, that was enough of that. Yeah, I was about to hit the dump button there, but, oh, but so <laughs> the 9 seed, the Pacers at number 9 at 31 and 35, lurking at number 10. At the tenth seed, rather the Washington Wizards at thirty-one and thirty-six. So Indiana, what this tells me is they've got to stop the bleeding now. You cannot keep losing because Washington isn't going to keep losing. This has been a a really really hot team as of late. Not only not only Russell Westbrook, but I've been impressed with the way that Bradley Beal is playing as well. It was a slow start to the season for the Wizards, obviously not playoff contenders right now. But if anyone were to sneak into that eighth spot, the way that the Pacers and the Hornets have been playing over the last couple of games, it seems like the like Washington would be prime in prime position to. Do so.
2: Of the three bottom teams in this Eastern Conference, Washington is head and shoulders above the rest right now. I, I, I hate to say it to Charlotte, but they it's even with Lamelo coming back, they haven't played really good ball lately. And it's it's sad to say, but Washington is definitely starting to play better. I think. I mean, Russ is just playing out of his gourd. He's just he's so good. Sometimes he has these runs where this is when you look at him, you are like, oh, here we go. And I am sorry, I just we talked about this a couple of weeks ago me and Tank on the sportsocracy about when you have a team that's hot like this like we were we were speaking on Steph Curry's like unbelievable streak and how no one would want to see him across the across the way right. in a playoff series i got to nobody's going to want to see Russell and Bradley Beal coming to them either i'm sorry like even Philadelphia if washington makes it into the a seed and they're going to be playing the philadelphia 76ers I don't look across that thing and say, "Man, this is going to be an easy walkthrough." I mean, they're going to, they're Washington's going to give them a run, and that's where I was talking about some of these things. I, I kind of like, for some reason, I'm looking at these playoffs in the East and the West, and I'm looking at each one of the actual who could be playing each other, and I don't see any like series where I look at it and like, "Oh, that team's going to sweep that team at all." I think they're all competitive
1: series, every single one of them. Take it's it's your term, and I'm going to steal it here. You call it recency bias. It's yep. what have you done for me lately? Yep. It wasn't a lot for the Washington Wizards to start things off. Things are beginning to turn around, though, and it, it goes exactly the opposite way, just like you said, Brian, for yeah. the Charlotte Hornets. Mm-hmm. You have a hot start to the season. You have all the pieces coming together, and now the pieces are beginning to fall by the wayside a little bit. Yeah. But Charlotte, especially one of those teams that needs these role players to come in. I mean, mm-hmm. you've got your Lamella balls. You have your Devonte Graham's, but you need scary Terry. I mean, you need you need Gordon Hayward to be involved. He yeah. needs to be. More than just a role player, but you, you can't stay healthy. They don't right. need seventy-five
2: point guards, is what they need. I mean, <laughs> it helps. Yeah. It's just, it's just <laughs> pathetic. I mean, like you have got more money wrapped up in the freaking point guard position than you do the whole rest of the team.
0: Mm-hmm. The, it, good thing, the good thing is uh, the Hornets are so far ahead of the team that's out of the playoffs right now that I don't think it's going to be possible for them to completely fall out of the play-in tournament. No, they're, but things don't look good. For them. No, no. In the last month, though, Charlotte Hornets have won how many
1: games? Two. Oh, are you beginning. talking about since the beginning of May? Oh,
0: no, I'm saying in the last calendar month since since early April. Oh gosh, Ooh, probably. probably what twelve games? It's five. more than that.
2: They won. Oh wow, they've won
0: five games since April the
2: seventh. Yeah, that's not good. That's not a good stat. That's wow, it.
0: they've won five games, and in that, those wins have come against. They did have one against Boston, mm-hmm. and they had one against Portland. The other wins that they got were against Cleveland and Detroit twice. <laughs> Sweep uh, the Pistons. Okay, Rocking now, those franchises. Now, there are uh, well, there's six games left in the regular season. Yeah. They have to play the following. Orlando. Yep, it's win. a chance for a win. Hopefully. New Orleans, Denver, L.A. Clippers, the New York Knicks, and, and, and finish out with the Washington Wizards. How do you think this is going to go over the next six games? Two and four. If that yeah, if, if that. you're lucky. Probably one. The good five.
2: thing is that there are four games ahead of Chicago, which would be the other one that could they could fall under. So they would if they went two and six, they're gonna go. That means Chicago <laughs> would have to go undefeated and that is not happening. But they, they I, I I had such high hopes for the Charlotte Hornets for a little bit there. For the local team, it's the it's the same story every every time. single every year. Every time you and get you relevant, you something need happens. to and you need to at least do something for a, a team like Charlotte. We talked about this a little bit before as well. The reason that the Knicks thing is so awesome is because they're winning games with who they have now, which is going to attract free agents. Uh-huh. You need to do that. Charlotte is a, is a is a is a small market team in all realm of possibility um, that. They need to play well. They needed to make a get to the playoffs and at least show something to where someone who's a free agent says, you know what? They got a good little team down there. Things are starting to turn around down in Charlotte. And you know what? I want to go there and play. Guess what? Things aren't going so well
0: now. No, I think they did enough. I think you they think did so? enough in the regular season for everybody to go, you know what, when this team's healthy, they're actually pretty decent. Yeah. So maybe, there's a maybe chance there's that a they'll maybe. be able to get somebody to come in in free agency.
2: But Who are, and that's something, I'm sorry, I probably should have done research before asking this question. But <laughs> what are? who are the free agents that are are coming out? Even this next year. Does does anybody have any clue? Oh, I'm the I'm the wrong man. Off the yeah, top of my that. head? No, I can't Yeah, tell you let that. me just see NBA. Uh, you know what? Let's just skip that because it's going to take us a minute to get there. I mean, I'm sure Jeremy would have been like, oh, I know exactly who these guys oh, yeah. are.
1: Yeah, Jeremy knows everything. <laughs> he would have gotten this oh, out. Oh, God. Don't
2: All make right, here go, we go, here we go, here we go, here we go, here we go. I know, right? All right, so Chris Paul, Kawhi Leonard, Mike Conley, um do 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 I mean Kawhi Leonard, he's not going to sign anywhere else. No, he's staying there. Uh, if Kyle he Lowry, went anywhere, it's not going
0: to be. Demar
2: Derozan, Otto Porter, Victor Oladipo, Gore. It's not like we're looking at the best of the best here. You know what I mean? We're not seeing. There's not any huge names out there. Chris Paul to add another 17 point guards coming oh, back sure. home. Why, Why, Why not? <laughs> you know, bring him back. Yeah, I mean, I think that Charlotte. But if let's say you can get like a Demar Derozan, you can get. Um, you know, every, there's every single person is a freaking point guard. For I God's sake, yes. Yeah, I, I don't think they want it.
0: Yeah, yeah I, 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 I don't think there's anybody out there that they need to target actually in free agency. If you can keep this team together and you can you can draft well again, yeah, then maybe we're starting to build something. You yeah. know, this is not a team that's on the precipice of winning anything big. Even if they did no. add a free agency or free a top free agent next year, what are they going to do? What they're going to no. be the sixth best team in the league? Yeah. Don't spend a whole lot of money on that. No, I'm not saying that. I'm saying like getting, there's
2: not a big one to come get. So maybe, you know, if you can get one decent sized person without giving the damn boatload of money to, (laughs) I mean, we we universally slammed the decision for Gordon Haywood to come here. Did we all not? I mean, we pretty much were like, that is way too much money for that dude. Then halfway through the season, we're saying, ah, maybe it's not that much money. Now he started to get hurt again. And now we're going back to that whole thing. I'm talking maybe like a guy like Demar Derozan, you know what I mean? If he decided to come here, that's and you didn't have to pay him, you know, the the max contract. He's a good, he's a 23, 24 point a game scorer. Mm -hmm. Um, you put him around some of these younger guys. That's something that you want to be able to get these mid level free agents for lesser money than you want to get them for. But I'm pretty sure Demar
1: Derozan will end up getting a 27, 30 million dollar contract for sure. You're in the Sports Tank with Jeremy Green, NCAA talk coming up right after this.
2: Game yesterday, we win one today. That's two in a row. We win one tomorrow. That's called a winning streak. It has happened before.
0: I was
1: I was on a winning streak until I saw a Tank over here twerking it out. Man. Oh, I, I could have gone all day without seeing that. I knew <laughs> have you around we for play a That's a played all night long <laughs> while I drink some vodka. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, you are in the sports tank with uh, with Jeremy Green. Jeremy Green's not here today. He's on vacation somewhere, taking it easy, probably on a beach somewhere. We do have Tank Spencer sitting over here. He's allowed me, Caleb Peek, to run the to drive the train today. I've got Brian Haynes right across from me. We're all right here on the 92.9 FM ESPN Asheville studio, having an awesome time on yep. this Friday afternoon. Hey, quickly, just want to let you know about the Braves Radio Network airs right here on WPEK. Got a broadcast coming up tonight at seven. Twenty, So make sure the Phillies are going to be in town on Sun- or It's going to be a weekend series Friday, Saturday, and Sunday So 720, 720, and 708 on Sunday night That's a Sunday night baseball uh, broadcast on ESPN yeah. as well But you can hear all of that right here On the Braves Radio Network Let's get weird
0: On the weird scale There's
1: Vegas There's Florida And there's Asheville
2: Let's get weird, Asheville Residents of an Illinois city were treated to an unusual sight when a bull escaped from outside of a veterinarian's office went and it just went wandering around town. Countryside Veterinary Services in Taylorville said that the bull had been brought in to receive treatment for a hoof injury, but the animal's owner failed to properly latch the transport trailer and the bovine fled from the parking lot. Residents captured video of the bull walking around next to a busy road and being pursued by the animal control officer. Animal control officer said the bull charged at it would be captured several times before being lassoed around its neck. The lasso was tied to a vehicle's trailer hitch, and the bull was led back to the veterinary clinic. No injuries were made to either the people or said bull. Now, let's be clear here. Um, I hope that nobody just went trying to get near that bowl other than the people who are trained to probably try to get that bowl because I'm going to tell you one thing. I see a bowl and I'm not running towards that bowl whatsoever. Nope. <laughs> That's probably a good idea. Yeah. I mean, geez, Louise, it's not like the running of the bowls. is not Madrid. Get that. And I'm sorry if you are, if you have a bowl. Okay. I'm gonna, <laughs> <laughs> and most let, of us let, do. Let, let's let, be honest. Let, let's, when said bowl owner, you know, has a bowl and does not properly latch what he needs to latch, that guy needs to be arrested. Because what could
0: have happened? <laughs> <laughs> chaos. Have chaos. So this is like a, a premeditated uh, <laughs> uh, assault charge or something like that? I mean, that? Thing, yeah.
2: things could have gone really bad right here. We and I'm have,
0: sure that if the, if things had gone bad, he would have been charged with something.
2: Yeah, I mean, I just could see someone just getting gored right up the old uh, tooth. That's well, why you have, have these events, is it not? Yeah, and this is what makes these kind of things weird. And, and and let's be clear, we feel bad for the bull. He had to go get his hoof fixed. I'm really I'm really upset that you know Bobby the Bull is probably his name. Oh, He's probably guy. like
1: good poor guy, oh my god, my hoof. He didn't deserve this. What I <laughs> no. wanna know, Brian, is, is this how you read bedtime stories to your to your daughter?
2: Um no. Oh. That's definitely not <laughs> no, she's because that was long past the uh the stage of the being. The story stage? The story stage. <laughs> oh, it's yeah, usually it's time to go to bed and she yells at me because, you know, she's 13 and <laughs> hates everyone. Dad! You? God I love you very much, uh,
0: Brielle. We're a, a wonderful human being. I'm not looking forward to those days. Oh, my God. My, you, my kids still have story time at night, and, yeah, and I, mean, I love it. Yeah, I mean,
2: she's reading on her own. She's into the uh, Hunger Games series right now. She's all about it, which is good. She's actually reading and finishing books, which is awesome, and she's so excited about them, which, you know, as a parent... Is is exciting to watch her get excited about reading because I don't think I've read anything but you know
1: Facebook for you know, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> yeah. the last like fifteen years. So get that kid some edumacation. Yeah, I love it. She needs it. Is that your weird news? That was my weird news for the day. Awesome. Well, I've got some weird news out of Arkansas. This okay. Josh Duggar fellow that everybody keeps talking oh, about. Yeah, this creep. Well, it turns out we've got a plot twist in the story plot twist. because his wife was onto it. She knew what was going on. She knew he had problems with uh, his Internet searches. So uh, this came out uh, over the course of his his, uh, hearing. He had a hearing in front of of, uh, an Arkansas judge, Christy Comstock or whatever, back on Wednesday. They went through all the evidence and all of the details of the case, and prosecutors found out, or federal investigators rather, found out that uh, Josh's wife, Anna, had installed a tracker, had installed an internet tracker on his device that would mm. report or would alert her whenever he visited a uh, a, oh my a, a naughty a naughty site. Oh my lantern. <laughs> well, so yeah, so obviously the guy the guy had a problem and his wife knew about it. She didn't know how technically savvy he was, so he was able to go behind the scenes, find another software program, and disable this reporting software. Oh my God! And after the fact is when he went around uh, downloading all those oh awful. We don't even want to talk yeah, about yeah, it. I'd, yeah, I'd rather not. The guy's a dirtbag. Super dirtbag. Bag. Oh. This is, once a dirt bag, always a dirt bag. Yeah. Though, am I right?
2: Yeah, I mean, that whole nineteen kids in county—is it a Mormon family? Is that what it is? I have yeah, a They're in Arkansas. I don't think
1: so. I think they're just uh, just one of those families.
2: Nineteen kids in county like I, uh,
0: shoots me in the head. My wife used to watch I, that show all the time. I, 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 can, I can handle one thirteen-year-old. I, I can't do it. Yeah. I can't do it. I, I mean, we had twins, and I can't even imagine having more than two children. Yeah. at one time. I pray
1: for you on a nightly basis, by the way. Right? Yeah, <laughs> I know. <It's> like- <laughs> yeah, he needs- good lord. Oh man, Josh Duggar, things not going well for him though. <laughs> no, I mean, he, absolutely. He was not. released. The judge said, "You know, we're not going to make you sit in a jail cell until your trial date. Just don't make me regret this." And he was, you know, over the moon, of course. But uh, federal child pornography charges—it's not—it's not, not going to be good. He's why, a why nasty, they, nasty I, guy. I, I can't wait. Why
0: to, they would ever let him see the light of day? Again oh, dude, that dude is going to be holding some buckets. Oh, you know what I'm saying. most definitely. Hey, I've got one. Uh, oh, so there is a uh, there's a local sports bar owner up in Stamford, Connecticut, that is uh-huh. getting into the mayoral race. He's decided. Oh, he's that, a bar owner. Yeah, he he he's decided that he doesn't like the way the city of Stamford, Connecticut, is being run. So he is going to run for mayor. And what makes this sports bar owner and and uh, also former uh, city health and public safety director, get into the mayoral race. And why is it important? Because the guy's name is Bobby Valentine. Oh, they, Bobby Valentine. No. Bobby V. Bobby Valentine. V. V. Bobby the Bobby Valentine. Of the New York Mets. All right. Yeah, of New York Mets fame. He is going to be running for mayor in Stamford, Connecticut. I had no idea. So he's Ugh. apparently a native of Stamford, Connecticut. Yeah, home of the WWE. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> And But that he, in 2011, he was named the city's health and public safety director. Wow. Hmm. And did that job simultaneously while managing baseball. Well, I have a question. Shows you how much that job is, has is to do. Is he deal. going
2: to come out and announce his run in a fake mustache like he did after he got ejected from one of the games, and then came back and sat on the bench with a fake mustache. No, that's,
0: what's it, that's what he's gonna do when he gets censured from uh, city council meetings. Yeah, because that was the greatest thing I've ever seen in sports. Was after he gets ejected, homeboy
2: goes back to the dug, comes back out to the dugout with a mustache, and
0: they were like, "What are you doing?" And Bobby? tries
2: to hide. What are you doing, Bobby? We know it's you. He's like, "My name is not Bobby. It's Ricardo
0: Bobby Valentine." I mean he's a, he's a class act. But but really? I mean is that a guy you would ever want to be mayor of your town? Uh I mean,
2: it, Stanford, Connecticut, there's a lot of money out there. I'm sure they're just, <laughs> he's just a figurehead for somebody.
1: Maybe town they're, population 800. He's Maybe probably, not a place like Stanford.
2: Like someone is probably just like, listen, we know you can get votes. We're just going to buy you, basically, and have you run because you can get the votes, but you are actually going to be running this city. You're just going to be the figurehead for said city. It's pretty much like Linda yeah. McMahon is probably like, listen, dude. Yeah. We need you to like allow some of these things to go under the wayside, and we'll pay you the money.
0: <laughs> He'll be running as an independent, by the way. Oh, is that uh, right? Really? Oh, nice. Facing uh, two Democrats
1: in the <sighs> in the uh, race. Who needs a third? Who, need- who needs a two party system anyway? Just buck it all. Yeah, uh, two party system, dumb. Yeah, no politics here on the show, though. No, no not at all. Not at all whatsoever. <laughs> we would never do such a thing. Speaking of the system, let's talk about how the, how the uh, things have been established in the NCAA. The last major rule change that we had for NCAA men's basketball was back in 2019. And under the rules that year, there was a warning added. And if an official, had a, if he he can make a judgment call, if a player flopped, yeah. if, if, he, if he embellished a foul call, if he fell down in order just to get the call, the official could make that judgment call and issue a warning instead of going straight to a technical. Now, yeah. if, if you did it again, if you're a repeat offender, you're going to get teched every time, and it's not going to be good. Now there's a new proposal coming up before the NCAA. Uh-huh. It looks like we're going to do away with the warning entirely because okay. the Men's Basketball Rules Committee of the National Collegiate Athletic Association has recommended that officials start assessing technical fouls to anyone they deem flopping. And now
2: Duke will never win another game for the rest of eternity because, let's be honest here, I've never seen more flopping than I do than I do in a Duke game. Yeah, it's a good thing LeBron never went through the, oh, God. Uh, through the mean, NCAA. Some, some of these guys out there, could you just imagine? It's so... Listen... There's, going to draw a charge, going to draw a charge, I think the flopping aspect is pretty easy to see if you have two eyes. Mm -hmm. So, Mm -hmm. if, I just don't want it to be a situation where it's going to be an obvious where someone is trying to draw a charge and they call it a flop and then all of a sudden it's going to change the course of a game. Like, that's going to be disturbing to me. That's when I'm going to start saying. But let's be clear, we need to get this out of the game and starting at a collegiate level is going to be something that's going to be... I hope the NBA starts to do it, because
1: Christ, they can call it every other three. days. <laughs> and, and you know this is going to be a... Uh, it, it's going to happen. There's yeah. going to be a judgment call situation. The waning seconds of the game, a player drives the lane. Another player on the other team who's aware of this rule is going to try to slide in the way, commit the flop, and try to influence the outcome of the game in the final seconds. It's going to happen. There's going to be a major controversy, and somebody's going to be on the wrong end of yeah. it. So, I just... A judgment call is hard for me to get behind. What say you, Tank? Uh, I think it's about time for this. Yeah, uh, We need this
0: in all levels of sports. Uh, if you are going to act like you've been shot uh-huh. in the back yeah. when you have barely been touched, or sometimes, like in LeBron's case, never been touched at Not all. Not at all. Uh, <laughs> uh, you absolutely need to get a technical foul for uh, that. Yeah, 100%. This needs to be out of the game. Uh, here. Here's the thing that I have pulled out of the NCAA rules proposals oh. here. Um and it has to do with fouls is but not right? technical fouls oh no there is a structure that they are talking about now with uh, the, and starting with the 2022 NIT okay <clears throat> they are going to test out upping the number of fouls allowed in a game to 6 okay to NBA in college basketball yeah however uh-huh. there's a catch okay so if you get three fouls in the first half, uh-huh. you will be allowed three fouls in the second half. Okay. Which would give you a total of six fouls for the game. Okay. I think so. Yeah. If you get four fouls before halftime, yes. you get thrown out. You're disqualified from the game.
1: If you get four fouls before <sighs> halftime. How, like, how does that way. how is this going to benefit the game? I don't I don't know how this works. <laughs> how does this sound house-
2: what what Big th- East went to The had six fouls in playoff. Uh, not playoff, in-conference play mm-hmm. uh, back when Syracuse, Georgetown, and all them were doing it. They ran with that for a little while. They ended up getting rid of that. But that was something that was happening. Um, I think it was because they just beat the crap out of each other in the Big East for all those years. They were like, yeah, we need to keep these guys in the court. Right. But that, that, that rule is uh, stupid. It should be set on fire and thrown away somewhere because that does absolutely nothing.
0: For this, the game. Well, this can change the strategy of the game, because when you see a guy get two fouls in the first half, what mm-hmm. happens? He goes to the bench. He, he, goes to the bench. bench. Yeah. Yeah. he goes to the bench, and he sits in for an extended period of time. I could he see may that. not even come back into no, the game. And it
2: changes a lot of games. I mean, we, we saw this in the National Championship game, with Jalen Suggs got two fouls in the first minute and a half of the game, mm-hmm. and it doesn't seem to ever catch back up again. So
0: this way you would, uh, I guess the coach would feel more apt to keep the player on the court with just two fouls because he, got, he knows he can get three more fouls in the second right, half. Right,
2: and still have that. And if they got, got up to three fouls, then he'd definitely sit down the bench for the rest of the game. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely, you're yeah.
0: done because you get another another one, you're knocked out of Yeah, so that of the you game. won't see anybody. I think. <laughs> so so and it I, just moves that barrier from sitting yeah. the guy after two
1: fouls to sitting the guy after three fouls. And I could see the competitive nature of that. I feel like this is gonna this gonna translate to the offensive side as well. I mean, th- this has to be you know the the thought process here is about defensive fouls. Yeah. But if you if you've got a guard who's picked up a couple of early ones and then he drives the lane and picks up an offensive foul, it seems like it's would it not cheapen the offensive quality of the game? I don't know.
2: Mm-hmm. I think I think at that, that point again, there's the thing that he gets his third, then he sits for the rest, which he would have been doing anyways if he had a third foul in the first half. No one's getting back in the game anyways. It does take that, and when Tank says it, it does make a little bit of sense. And I hate it.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
2: Can never let Tank be right.
0: I, I'm in, I'm intrigued by it, and I want to see how it actually works out. The problem is they're gonna, you know, debut no one's this during the MIT no right. right?
2: Yeah, because that it always works out really good for uh, for teams. I, you know, if I was a team, I'd just be like, no, you know what? I'm just not gonna go to the NIT. If I don't make the NCAA tournament, it's time to move on to next year.
1: I'm right there with you yeah. on that. I mean, the yeah. NCAA, NCAA tournament is what it's all about. It's what it's always been about, yeah. and uh, that, that, that's what it should be about. That's what this overtime elite thing kind of concerns me with a little bit. It's it's going to be such a change for the game, but I mean, it's, it's going to be slim slim pickings a little bit. I mean, you're gonna you're still going to have the great players going to the NCAA, but like we talked about on the Sportsocracy this morning, it's going to spread the talent out some. It's going to kind of separate the cream from the crop. So maybe you won't have as many guys on the NCAA rosters, but mm-hmm. it should be the best of the best yeah as long as the best of the best don't want to make money right now yeah that's going to be your biggest problem that's where this name image and likeness Mm -hmm. thing comes into uh comes into play in the state of georgia uh i think we should probably go ahead and take that second break right now we'll get that out of the way when we come back we'll talk name image and likeness in the state of georgia the peach state making things happen in the ncaa it's right here on the sports tank on espn asheville
0: Hello, everybody. This is good old JR. Jim Ross, WWE Hall of Famer. Boy, these boys are smart. You talk about goofier in a peck tune. Let me tell you something. You're listening to the Sports Tank. This show is a legitimate slobber knocker. You better
1: believe it. That was <laughs> for
0: oh you. Oh, my bro. God.
2: That
1: was
0: the that highlight was for of you. My day, dude.
2: Good old JR. Old, it's old Jim, Jim Ross. Oh, oh that's great. So cold. So cold. Uh, so cold.
1: I didn't realize we had this in the system. That's oh, my yeah. God. The highlight of my day. It just felt like Jim Ross was speaking to me personally. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, man. 13 minutes left in the show. You are in the right place. It's the Sports Take on ESPN Asheville. I'm Caleb Peek. He's Brian Haynes. Yeah. We have the one and only Sports Take himself, Tank Spencer, sitting off to the side today. He's joining us. He's allowed uh, Brian and I to drive the train for the most part. And so thank we, you for that. appreciate I've, that, I've, Tank, had,
2: I've had a good time so far today.
0: Oh, you guys are doing a great job. And, well, uh, you you. Well, I'm glad you. to just be able to add some sanity into your little world. <laughs> yeah.
1: Well, now that yeah. that's over, let's get back to sports. <laughs> so, yes, <laughs> yeah, oh, Georgian God. governor, Brian Kemp. Now we don't talk politics on this sport or on this show, but sometimes, every now and then, you get a situation where politics have an obscene amount of influence on the sports landscape. And that's what we're beginning to see in this patchwork of name, image, and likeness bills that are being passed into law across the nation. It just happened in Florida not long ago. Well, that and, already kind of came back,
2: and I'm just reading that as well, which is kind of crazy. Uh-huh. Yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah Florida's Florida's in on it. Now Georgia has officially signed names image and likeness into law. Brian Kemp signed House Bill 617 on Thursday that would allow college athletes in the Peach State to earn money off of their name, image, and likeness beginning on July 1st. That does mean UGA football players will be eligible for this. Mm -hmm. However, and this is something you brought to my attention, Brian, Uh new legislation has a plot twist. Schools can, now they they don't have to, but they can, require these athletes to pool up to 74.99%, almost 75% of their earned money in an escrow account for that school that will be shared with the other a- athletes. It's kind of like a tip sharing system in a way. That's how I rationalize it in my mind. Uh, uh, so
2: that sh- that changes things no, it, drastically. A tip, a tip sharing would be equally across all boards. This isn't even equally across all boards. And people are all working hard for this. This this is saying, okay, here, this, is, this is insane. Okay, this is absolutely <laughs> insane. So this is saying, so let, let's put this in perspective here. So a, a Georgia football player. You know, the quarterback goes to a local car dealership and gets $1,000 for, for coming in there and helping them sell some cars. Then said quarterback would have to come back and give $750 of that $1,000 so that they could pay the fourth worst lacrosse player that sits on the end of the bench. Uh, no, 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 no. You're doing this wrong. Not only this, okay. I, 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 I don't know. Train of thought. This drives me absolutely bonkers. This whole thing about they can withdraw it until an, after they graduate, leave school. They would not be able to withdraw it. So not only are they doing this work for you, but they're not even going to be able to touch that money until a year after they're gone, which is basically, uh, that's going to make kids want to leave right away anyways. They want my money, give me my money. So we're defeating the purpose of trying to get these players paid in the first place before they leave and get money. The second part of this, which is which is almost more asinine to me, Additionally, the bill requires college athletes in the state to take five hours of financial literacy and life skills workshop to prepare for receiving the compensation. Oh, my God, they're going to get a $1,000 and buy crack with it. What is going on here? I don't understand. <laughs>
1: well, uh, the, way I no, re- uh, the way I read into this, Tank, is, is uh, I don't see how this is a problem. I think it's a good thing to try to encourage college athletes to learn life skills. I understand that maybe you didn't come to play school. But you are at school, and it's it's good to learn something while you're there. So I, I mean, I don't have a problem with five hours. I mean, five hours. It's five hours. You can do I, that. I just, I
2: just think it's a slap in the face. Like, oh my God, they're going to get a thousand dollars. Whatever are you going to do with a thousand dollars?
0: Nah, you need a, a class. class. Well, it's not just a thousand dollars. I mean, you think about the the, the amount of money that will take. Since you know, since we're using Georgia as yes. the example, think about J T. Daniels. He's, okay. He is the starting yep. quarterback for the Georgia Bulldogs. He is, you know, in like early Heisman talks and all of that. I don't buy into any of that, but I'm just saying this is the this is the level this kid is playing on. He it's not just a thousand dollars. He's going to be able to bring in potentially. A hundred thousand dollars a year to be able to you know sell his name, image, and likeness or capitalize on it. At that point, you need to have this. How many times have we seen in professional sports guys make millions and millions of dollars and within a year of them being out of the league or not even before they're even out of the league, they're broke, flat broke. I, I, I get that. I understand that part of it,
2: but it's just like th- these are skills that you should already be. Shooting yeah. in college that you're at. You know what I mean? There's courses for but the cir- They're called civics classes. You know what I mean? <laughs> you know, they have these courses for these kind of things. You're requiring for them. And sorry, it's not $100,000. It's going to be $25,000 because he's got to give 75% of it to somebody else. <laughs>
0: He could. That's, that's only, he, But that's only if the school says so. If he uh, ends up at the right school, yeah. There is not a school that is going to go down this path, I don't uh, believe. Because, listen, if if every other So, here's the if thing. Georgia does it, Georgia, Georgia Tech doesn't do it, you're gonna, nobody's exactly, going to go to Georgia Tech. Okay,
1: exactly. So, nobody's going to those schools. So, say Georgia does it, Georgia Tech does it, Georgia Southern does not do it. Yeah. Who gets the premier athlete? Georgia. The people are going to go to... Well... But, but if you're going to Georgia, you're giving up 75% of that NIL. You go to Georgia Southern, who doesn't have that requirement, and you're taking all that home with you.
0: Yeah. First off, um, if those are your three schools, you need to branch out a little bit. Yeah. Uh, because here's the thing. Uh, they grew up in making. The answer to that question is no one. Yeah. <laughs> because if the same athlete is in com- in contention to go to Georgia and Georgia Southern and Georgia's gonna take seventy five percent of his money and Georgia Southern's not, yeah. he's probably still going to make more, more money, money at going Georgia. At, at, at
1: Georgia. However if he is premier athlete.
0: However, He's not going to go to Georgia. He's going to go to Florida right across the border where he doesn't get his money taken away. See, that's the thing. These schools don't have to do this. The law says that they can, but once they do, they're going to lose all of these guys. You're never going to get a guy to come to Georgia and give up 75% of his name, image, and likeness money when he can go to Tennessee and keep it all.
2: Yeah. It's just not going to happen. It's just, and that's, this is my problem with, with it right now, that we're going state for state. It's going to be, the whole idea is we need to have everybody involved or nobody involved. If you're, create, you're creating an unfair advantage by doing this in only certain
0: states, you know what I mean? And... Well, that's why we're going to have federal law. There will be a federal law passed on right. this.
2: And I know that there is an actual... Uh, there's three bl- of them. Right now, there's, there's still several federal uh, NIL proposals up for consideration. Mm-hmm. And then, say, still awaiting a ruling from the Supreme Court on the NCAA versus Austin Case for its own NIL legislation. So, I mean, we're still waiting on these things. But can you imagine going into a recruiting year where only a certain amount of states are going to have this and certain other states are going to have, that's going to be
0: insane. Well, see, that's why the NCAA has to put something out now. Yeah. The NCAA has to act on this now because all of this goes into effect June 1st. Yeah. And what are you going to do? Yeah. I mean, recruiting's because happening now. Because the NCAA, as it looks at it right now, this would be an improper benefit. Yeah. Yeah, and so that's why the NCAA is under pressure to make something happen now. That's why they're pushing for the, the you know the Anthony Gonzalez bill uh, yeah. that's going through the players' bill of rights or whatever they're calling it. Uh-huh. They they're, they want the federal government to come in and make it a, a level playing field, right? Because now the NCAA is looking at it and going, okay, well you can do it in these eleven states, yeah, and all of the states have different rules. There's no way for them to really gauge
1: it, yeah the the only way that that i could see a player actually just really getting on board wholeheartedly with this escrow account thing is is if interest is involved. I'm not too familiar with how escrow works, but there has to be some kind of growth on this income, right? There oh, yeah. has to be some kind of some kind of interest rate. Yeah. So, if you, you know, if you've got 75%, say you make $100,000 and 75,000 goes into this escrow account over 4 or the next 5 years or even longer if you become a grad student, what does that interest grow to? Now, that is that's probably going to be a selling point for me.
0: Not enough for you not to go pro after your third year. Yeah. <laughs> and you get the money anyway once you right, go pro, right? Yeah. It's not going to matter. Um, it's just gonna, I don't think anybody's. I, I don't think any school's going to do this one and two. If they did, they would lose out on everything. I know. It's just, it just the, that fat. What, the fact that it's even brought up mm-hmm. is just well, it's is, is unbelievable. It's just political pat. Yeah, it's they're, just, they're playing to everybody who goes. Golly. Oh, what about the lacrosse players? Well, your sport doesn't make no money, so you don't get any endorsement dollars. Yeah. Sorry, pal. Well, then that's the thing. You know, if they those.
2: The ability to make money for these kids are actually out there because they got these other things going on with all the other
1: social media accounts, guys. I've had a great time with yeah. y'all today. It's yeah. been so much fun here on the Sports Absolutely. Tank. I'm Kayla Peak, He's Brian Haynes. Yes, he is the sir. one and only Tank Spencer. Hope yeah. we can do it again soon, guys. Absolutely. Yep. Hope you have a great weekend. Thanks so much for listening to ninety two point nine FM ESPN Asheville. Tank Spencer and Jeremy uh, Jeremy Green. I almost called him Jeremy Pence. Jeremy Green back on Monday. <laughs>